All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. Not so serious, I guess, tonight, but as always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. And uh, taking a little break from the business from the bass boat we have below us, Adam Deacon. Dude, it's been a while since you joined us. On the Serious Angler Show, yeah, man. Um, it has, especially without the – we don't have fantasy fishing shows. It's just hard um, to uh, hard to connect on stuff. So I'm with you. I know. We have nothing to bicker about. Oh, man, I miss it. <laughs> well, welcome back. Welcome yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll – you know what? Actually, before we get, get going here, we got we to gotta set the tone here. We started playing around a little music. Adam put in a little request for tonight's show because it's a little Halloween special. We'll be talking some spooky stories. Let's uh, let's see if this can roll here. There we go. Now we got some stuff to set the mood for tonight. It's it's gonna be fun though. We're gonna be talking about some like wild stuff that we've seen on the water. Some scary things. Kind of some stuff that you, you have nightmares about. And we have some surprise guests coming on that have not been on the show in a very long time. And by the way, if, if the music is actually bothering anyone, let us know. We're just trying it out, just being festive. Uh, just throw it down in the comments. But uh, it's fun. Uh, but boys, how'd you guys spend your uh, Halloween? I know it's the day after Halloween tonight, but or last night was Halloween. So how'd you guys uh, celebrate? Oh uh, well, we took our daughter um, trick or treating, and yeah, um, she is ever excited. But I think she already forgot about the candy because it's sitting like in our cupboard and she didn't ask for a single piece today and i'm like yes hey, more she's got hope. <clears throat> yes <laughs> smart kid yeah how about you deacon yeah man i mean just uh we we had uh had some drinks and uh made a bunch like all the roommates in the house we made a bunch of food like a bunch of different um appetizers that was fun and then yeah i just passed out candy um and so overall, it's a good night, man. Nice. Heck yeah. I think this is the first year ever that I've never done anything for Halloween. Welcome to the grown-up life. I honestly literally forgot about it, that it was even happening until like Saturday when I'm on the water and Land's like, hey, are we doing anything for Halloween? And I was like, oh yeah, that's this weekend, isn't it? <laughs> I had no idea that it was even existing. It happens. Yeah. I will say it's kind of probably spooky for you, Andy, and all these uh, horrible trades that the Bills are making today. Oh, I love well, I love both of them, actually. Dean Why? Marlowe was with the team. He's just a depth piece. So um, who knows how long Jordan Poyer is going to be out, hopefully not too long. So it's an added piece. Right now we have three safeties on the roster. Jordan Poyer, DeMar Hamlin, and Jaquan Johnson. So we needed a fourth safety. So that was a good pick, and he's been in the system for a while before he went to Detroit and Atlanta. And Naheem Hines, like, he's a pass-catching running back to basically duel with Singletary and James Cook, so I guess a trio, and they got rid of Zach Moss, who was riding the bench. So it's an upgrade. It's mm. fine. Yeah. Mm. Guess we'll see how it pans out. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and bigger news, we got uh, Larry Nixon – is making his resurgence back to the Elite Series. We got yeah. you guys have any thoughts on that before we bring our guests on today? It's kind of exciting. Like it's kind of cool to see like the old guys in the fray. I just I wonder how much technology 
will leave him behind or how well he's adapted to the newer technology with the anglers in today's game. That would be interesting. I mean, for some folks, it hasn't slowed him down. I mean, look at Hackney. Hackney's still doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess my thoughts are, it's just interesting right now that there's so much uncertainty in the, in the fishing world tournament wise. And I'm curious to see, uh, may hear rumblings of certain anglers doing this and going to fish the nine opens. Um, I'm curious, really curious to see where some of our big names go and, and that kind of stuff into this next year. Yeah. Like we're going to probably see Bobby Lane in the nine opens next year. He left the BPT, yeah. which is interesting. You know, Red Crest champion. champion. Yeah. Kind of interesting. interesting to see. Uh, I, I think the next couple of months are going to be very intriguing to see what happens with, I think more MLF than, than, than Bass yeah. at this point. I think Bass is probably done with their changes, but I think with MLF, it's going to be intriguing to see what they might do going forward. Yeah. I hope it doesn't turn into like a tumultuous time for BPT and MLF, kind of like how FLW went through it there for a while. And all the other like startup leagues that kind of show up, like the PAA, they have a couple good years, and then all of a sudden they just kind of fade away. And I hope that's not what happens to BPG because it's kind of cool to see the fish care side of things that they really like. That's the reasoning behind the trail, right? It's all about um, environmental impact, taking care of the fish, no dead fish, everything's catchway release. So that part of it is cool, but. I wonder how much the decision-making is being made because they decided to go to the five-fish format. And guys are like, if it's five-fish, I should just go back to where the real stage is. And that's wonder. That's what I'm wondering if that's the thought process behind the whole thing is. <laughs> Chris's comment here. You young guns think all us old guys forget how to fish. Chris, I didn't say that. I know you know how to fish, and I know all the older gentlemen and ladies in the game know how to fish as well. Everybody and he is old now. Strength. Yeah, I'm the old of this group, all right? like right? I'm like father. Father time over here. Oh, my gosh. Father cap. Father cap. Father cap. <laughs> well, boys, I think, I think we should just start getting into uh, – what we want to talk about tonight just talking about some spooky and uh scary crap that we've seen out on the water but i don't think we can uh are we going to talk about the concussion that bailey oh talk about the the... at waterport reservoir yeah that's that hilarious. So funny. <laughs> that poor fish i don't know why people went nuts i had like a crap ton of people that were like laughing but dude i had like 20 percent of the comments of like why would you need to set the hook like that why would you treat a fish like that and i'm like oh my god this is tiktok uh, yeah, yeah. I, I bet that does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just hilarious. But yeah, we'll we'll end quote there, um, and let's start. Uh, let's bring on uh, one of our first guests for tonight. We'll go one at a time here. A guy that's been on the show a few times hasn't been on. Well, they both haven't been on in a long time, but uh, he's now a new captain, a soon to be yeah. guide, Mister Caleb Bell. What's yeah, going yeah. on, buddy? Not much, man. Good to see you. Yeah, dude, it's good to see you back in here. It's been a long time since you got down here, and uh, it's nice to see that recovery is yeah. going way better. Yeah, the, you got the old arm working again pretty good. It's Heck working. yeah. <laughs> Full yeah. range of motion. Heck yeah. Well, dude, you told us offline here that you are now about to start guiding. 
That's which, right. Give people give people an update before we start rolling into tonight. Yeah, so I started the process. It's something I've been talking about for four or five years, posting videos on Chickamauga, really big bass, and, of course, uh, some of those live bait videos I did with my buddy Heath. And there was just a huge outpouring of people uh, messaging me since that. I mean, over the last couple of years, just trying to see, hey, can you guide to do this? Can you take us out and do this? And I'm like, I can't charge you anything to do it because I don't have a captain's license, you know. And so I'm just trying to fill that gap now. Also, uh, I got a commercial bait dealer's license, so I'll be able to sell, you know, the gizzard chat that I catch to some of the local tackle shops and stuff and hopefully kind of keep that whole cycle going because there's so many people interested in trying it. But it's just a lot of work and a lot of front-end cost, I mean, especially if you don't know what you're doing, setting up a proper bait tank and getting a big enough cast net to catch gizzard chat in 25 foot of water in the wintertime. And it's just all kinds of stuff. Oh, dude, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to what else you mentioned of you're going to be making a bigger YouTube push, oh, social yeah. media. We're going to see a lot more of uh, that face on our social exactly. media. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Better it. Better or worse. That means your butt's going to be stuck on this show a few more times. That's right. Let's do it. I'm down for it. It's always <laughs> a good time. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't anticipate him coming on until later, but I got a text and his ugly mug just hopped in the queue down here. So we might as well bring him on. Turn that down. Mr. There Al- he is. Yeah, turn it. It's my Sasquatch. What's happening? Yes, I'm here. So, Run, um, all, all you're missing behind that beige wall is turning it blue, and then you can look like Andrew. I know. I love his. I just got more than that. background. You muted yourself. Yeah, now you're muted. We lost your audio. You muted yourself. You do that. Oh. They're mute. Uh, your mic is not connected. It's okay. <laughs> we'll come back to you. <laughs> give, him give him the boot. Give him the boot. Give, just give it throw a thumbs up when you're ready to go. <laughs> the news director back in the background. Get rid of this guy. <laughs> we'll, we'll try with uh, with guest number two tonight. You throw us a thumbs up if you're ready to go. Me? No. It's not okay. Never mind. We're just going to throw him into the flames here. <laughs> he hasn't been on in a very long time. But uh, Mr. Forrest Bucket, what's going on? What's here? going on? What's up, dude? Usually you stake your reign of terror in the comments, but we invited you back to the stream tonight. Yeah, you finally decided to love me again. <laughs> yeah. Been here for the whole thing. From the beginning. Haven't been on in years. Day one. <laughs> yeah, he is day one. Look, I, think, dude, I got the OG like, hat on. Oh, man. That thing still exists. Holy crap. Barely. Yeah. Hey, dude, you were like what episode five? Like something like first, that. In the first ten. Something. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking back then, but yeah. thinking you not didn't want views. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, buddy, it's good to have you on here. If if folks listen to or not listen, but watch the Be the Fish YouTube channel, my personal channel, all of you guys definitely know Forrest's bright and shining face. Yeah, and you know, if you're ever watching a Be the Fish video and you hear a beep, it's because of me. <laughs> My editing is worse when I go fish with Forrest than it is when I go with Andy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he has to factor in an extra hour to bleeping content. So, so when I'm, you fish with me, you just have to worry about like random songs being sang and like random phrases. <laughs> Always Forrest, it's just cuss words. Just constant verbal abuse. Always yeah, Christmas songs, fish. too. Yeah, always. Oh, yeah. My favorite word is the F word. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, Andy was the same thing for us. We went fishing the other day, and I'm like doing my intro for the video, and Andy just drops the F bomb right there, and I'm like, son of a, like I do it all over again. <laughs> I think he spun the camera to me, and I was like, <laughs> big old F bomb right away. It's like when Mikey tries to film JT Kenny content. Like, he has to, he has to go through and censor everything you do, like, like five piecemeal it. <laughs> yep. Just broken up every other second, basically. Yeah. But all right, what uh, we'll bring in our, our last guest if he uh, hopefully he's ready to go. We'll try this again. I think he still has mute. He's still muted. It says, "Oh, you muted yourself." There we go. That's yeah, just so right. I didn't say anything. We got you now. Well, here's the deal. I had to apologize to Bethany because the music that you have playing was I, I thought it was music she had playing. No, <laughs> I was sitting here in the queue and I'm like, I'm like, where is that music? Coming from? I know that's not my music. And then I figured out, I was like, hey, playing spooky music in the back. What is that? Okay, I'm here. I'm here. We're good now. Perfect. Oh, that made my night. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. So I, I yelled at my wife through the wall to turn down something that she wasn't even playing. So there you go. Well, <laughs> I think the, the best part of that is I didn't even think about it, but like the hundreds of messages we're probably going to get after this from you solving the mystery for folks that are listening yeah. to this show. They're like, what is going on here? What is that music? Like, come on. What is a holiday special? So you got to have that spooky holiday music. And I mean, it yeah, sounds absolutely. pretty good. I mean, <laughs> Having a holiday special with no costumes. That's a holiday special with no costume. I mean, I showed up as Bigfoot, but you know. I, I mean, that's a is gift. that even a costume? That's just natural at this point. It, it, right, right, yeah. yeah. We have the uh, Lorax in here is what we have. Speak for I told the him I could wear my captain's hat that I've got over there. Me too. <laughs> just know next time we fish together, you're primarily going to be known as Captain. Captain! <laughs> I need captain. To be, captain. Captain. captain! 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 Get the net, Captain! Yeah, get the captain. net, Captain! What bear are they biting? <laughs> Love it. There's no fish in this lake. <laughs> I'm not catching any. <laughs> you ain't getting your ticket. It's okay. It's Pickamaga. We know. Uh, <laughs> uh-uh. Well, boys, let's uh let's start talking some some wacky stories because this is our kind of the gist for tonight. Is you know Deacon had a great idea of like you know we've talked about some crazy stuff we've seen like fishing, but we never talked about like the stuff that keeps us up at night, gives us nightmares. You know, it's perfect season. You know time to do it around halloween so uh stuff that you've seen that straight up just like kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies you know you get some goosebumps and you kind of want to be like yeah i'm just gonna kind of let you be and go my own way after you see it you might go running um every time i go fishing with bailey <laughs> Honestly, i wake up in night terrors <laughs> it's got you actually sweats. catch fish for once though <laughs> Oh, well, there it is. Low shot. Low shot. And the first one in timeout tonight. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, with that being said, then, Forrest, lead us off. What's some of the crazy crap you've seen down there in uh, Toledo Bend? Oh, man. That's a laundry list a mile long. <laughs> Good Lord. Putting this show together, I was kind of like, obviously, Caleb popped up. Like, Caleb's definitely got some wild stuff he's seen. Caleb does have some wild stuff, <laughs> like, for real. But I was like, what other crazy rednecks have seen some wild stuff? I yeah, I mean, go for absolutely. This, was, this was not super crazy, but, you know, we, we put out catfish lines all the time down south for, like, big big ops and big blue cats. Yeah. And we're using, you know, anywhere from 8 to 10-inch bluegills for, for bait. So we're, we're using hooks probably about that that big running it through their back and you go through them looking for a dang you know trying to catch catfish 
Well, we pulled up running these things one day and fleet of band, you're out in the middle of the lake. Stump fields everywhere. Pull up, you know, you're either expecting an empty hook or, you know, a catfish. Yeah. Well, we pulled one up one time. We had a dang comorant. Comorant? Comorant? Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. On the hook, man. And, you know, these are probably 10, 12 foot down. And you pull that up and you're like, what the heck, man? <laughs> Expect it. <laughs> it scares the crap out of you. That's a weird bird anyway. It's more dinosaur than bird. <laughs> oh, it's it's like a mini pterodactyl. Yeah, I don't like them at They're, all. It's like a mix of a pterodactyl and a loon. Yeah, yeah, but like it's like the most ratchet loon on the water. Yeah, you know what ratchet I mean? Like, that's like that's a mess. That's a mess that's loon. Awesome. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Just gonna be running down. Like St. Lawrence River has like a crap ton of them. And I'm just gonna <laughs> say that now from now on. It's like there's some ratchet loons again. <laughs> that's that's good. That needs to be a t shirt. <laughs> ratchet <Like> light bulb. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Dude, those things are like, there needs to be a killing season for them. Not even hunting season. Dude, okay. They smell so bad. Yeah, they definitely need to be, uh, it's unreal. No, so they started like, I, cause I, dude, everywhere, right? Like they are in every lake across the country. Yeah. And, uh, the only people that I knew that could, that could kill them were fisheries managers when they're like at like a, a, a fishery, um, like, in like that at least here it's a bunch of trout tanks right like they can actually shoot them there because it's it's uh causing yeah. issues with their um growing of these fish yeah exactly but where i what i found out uh fishing with eric luzak on champlain this year uh because we we're hearing gunshots dude and i'm like man it's it's july like what like no one is hunting and he's like oh no no like like see okay see over there that like island that has all those comorants on it. Like, yeah, he's like, so oh, they basically started, they started allowing them to shoot comorants. They tried like the fireworks. They tried all this stuff. But what's happening is they're degrading the trees on these islands so badly. Like, you know, cause they get rid of, they roost in them all and they get rid of all the, all the uh, vegetation and they just kill these trees. And so uh, they started letting people shoot them. And like, it was like, I mean, it's not like, kind of like a duck season opener. I was like, guys, oh, they're getting after it over there. Duck season is blasting away. I would pay money to just go blow those things out of trees. Oh I'll tell you right now. Like, yeah, I would be yeah. a stone cold murder. Just give that, me a shot. What I do with my captain's license is take people out with shotguns and just start blowing cornrows away. Oh, yeah, there you go. Is, Caleb's casting blast. <laughs> yeah, casting blast. That's perfect. Wanda, yeah, <laughs> dude, that's like that's such a good point though because like they're not like afraid of anything. They kind of like almost know that you can't touch them. Yeah, that's like your freaking boat. Like I've had, th- I, I in my life, I've probably had ten fly into my boat. Like we run running, yeah, like while you're running and you think, oh, they'll go the other direction, like every other creature <laughs> on the lake. No. They're like coming straight, and they just commit suicide just right in the side of the boat, and it's over. Like, dude, that, that's how poodles are down south too. They just don't get out of the way. You'll run them over. Poodles, he's talking. Dude, oh, I, I, poodles. Oh, I thought he said poodles. I was like, damn, there are poodles down yeah, there. There's, there's schools of poodles down there, man, or flocks of poodles. I smoked a I smoked a coot one time on Clear Lake running like during the tournament hauling and you know like there's just this row of coots and i'm like i'm kind of going around some and i'm like all right there's there's just this entire bay is filled with coots like i'm just i'm doing 70 miles an hour and finally like this one it's like 
He's not moving. Oh, oh, and like ducked, and I ducked my co-angler ducked, and it went right between us and smoked the motor. I mean, just like you're gonna learn today. <laughs> learn today. Son. I've seen I've seen videos of guys on social like they're just do what you're saying, Adam, and they're just tearing down. And there's like a, a like I don't know what you call a group of like of cormorants, Lock? but there's like. Yeah. Of like 50 to 100 of them and it just goes tearing right through them just they don't even move just mows over like 30 of them oh my god so it's, satisfying so right now just speaking on this there's a they're searching for the person who did it but there's a duck pond like near my house it's like a like a community duck pond where all these ducks live and like people go and feed oh, no. them whatever you know no. apparently somebody plowed through like every single one like they're all there like they were strictly on their boat no, 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 no. No, this pond is small. They were on the street. This guy never slowed down and just plowed through. He killed like... With, with his car? His car. <laughs> he killed like 55 ducks. Some of them were like federal waterfowl, like Canadian geese. Some of them were Canadian geese. There was like some wood ducks. Like, wasn't you know, slowing down. No, no he never slowed down. They have, the, they have the video of him like just plowing. They have through. a video? <laughs> a video but they can't they can't figure out his license plate number and so they're trying to figure out who this person is and the dude is wanted on federal charges because he killed like eight federal federally protected waterfowl species i mean just never slowed down his like right through i really want to just i really want to see that but like i mean just look for the dang car that's got a thousand feathers all over it and little dents all over the like the front bumper yeah it was a little bit of mix. It was both. Like he just everything mixed in. I mean, he just killed them all. No discrimination. <laughs> Good for him. I am not allowed to the duck crossing. <laughs> what are you in for? <laughs> what did you do? Well, I was uh, sick of slowing down for these ducks. So one day I hit the gas. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "F it, they're all dead. I'm killing them all." Oh, oh God, that's incredible. He was probably attacked by a duck as a kid. Yes. Just or like, goose, a big Canadian goose, and he was like, "Next time I see one of them things, something just snapped yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was dark, dude. Them things are evil. Oh man, I I can't tell you how many like geese and well, especially geese, like when they have the little babies walking around. Back when I lived in Lockport and I'd fish the Erie Canal all the time, they would literally come out of the woodwork and chase you. From like 500 feet away, they would walk towards you and chase you away. Like as you're standing there fishing, I'm like, I'm no, so it's not so much the geese I'm worried about. It's them swans fishing out of a kayak, dude. Oh yeah, those swans will get you too. <laughs> they won't move for worth a lick either. Like they're they're coming at you. <laughs> I, I just picture this dude like driving down the road towards these geese, and like Caleb's like he's been attacked as a kid, and like. Vietnam flashback, Credence Clearwater yeah. song comes on. You see those videos of guys they post like when they're having a Vietnam flashback and it's like the the faded like helicopters in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just plows through. Just, just wing baits. Just Oh my You're all done tonight. <laughs> Tony, what happened? I just saw blood. <laughs> well, look, look, maybe he was just being patriotic, man. If there's Canadian geese in there, he's like, well, there's going to be some, you know, casualties of innocence, but we got to do it. <laughs> he's got to take them all out. It's America. Oh, These God. aren't American geese, it's Canadian geese. <laughs> the judge told me I was going to prison for life. I said, you, it's red, white, and blue, son. <laughs> yeah, right. And all the. 
all the like the ducks that are in there with the geese, you know, they're 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 hanging out with communists, man. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. They're traitors at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so Rudd, we'll go to you next because I know you actually have another show to go to later yeah. tonight. But yeah. uh, what, what's on top of your mind for kind of some scary crap that you've seen? So first thing, what? I do have to say this: I my uncle actually got hit in the chest by a bat. So going back to flying creatures hitting you while you're running down the lake. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant like a baseball bat. I was like, no, 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 wow. No, no. Wow. You know, like, a, like a little bat. He, so, the, you know, it's kind of spooky. It goes with the season, right? No, him right. And I, we're fishing a night tournament, running down the lake, bat square to the chest. Um, it killed it, obviously. Um, but he had a bruise like the shape of a bat on his chest. He was <laughs> Batman. That's where Batman came from. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, he's not cool enough to be like Batman. He was more like I'm Batman. But anyway, um, so scary story, spooky story. This is actually not my story. The story was relayed to me by my dad. And I have to like preface this whole entire story by saying, and Caleb, you know, my dad is like a hard ass. Like he yeah. doesn't believe in the paranormal. He doesn't believe in like anything like that. Like it's hard to spook this man. Like he's lived a rough life. Um, I, I am like, just is unspookable. You know what I mean? He's just not a guy to get spooked. But every time he tells me this story, honestly, he gets chills. And so it's just, it's, it's one of those weird kind of stories that it freaks him out really, really bad. And so what was happening is one night him and a friend of his were fishing a night tournament on a lake near the house called Norris. Now you got to imagine certain parts of Norris Lake are that kind of dark where you like, if you were to shut off all the lights, you're not going to see your hand in front of your face. And then when you get back in the middle of these valleys, you know, way back in these pockets, you know, it's even darker because you can't even see the night sky. I mean, everything's, you know, covered up with woods and leaves. I mean, straight up cliffs. Yeah, Highland Reservoir, steep yeah, side. Yeah. Like, you know, 45 degree angle all the way to the top of a ridge kind of deal. So him and him and his buddy are fishing in the back of this pocket, fishing this spring, and they're using black light so they can see their line. And dad says they're fishing, they're fishing, you know, the frogs are doing their thing, the you know, just kind of everything's moving around. The woods are alive because it's the middle of the summer at night, so there's a lot of movement. He said all of a sudden it just goes nothing. Like totally quiet. And said so he looked over at his buddy and he was like, This get really quiet out here? And he said, Yeah, it did. And they didn't think nothing about it, so they kept fishing. Well, then dad said he kind of like, I don't know, I guess years you spend in the woods and, and people that spend time in the woods will know this. You know when something's around you. Yeah. You, know what I mean? you get that sixth sense. You get that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, a you know, I've had deer walk up on me and before I ever see him, it's like, hey, I know there's a deer here with me in this vicinity. So he looks up in the woods and he said, standing next to a tree. And I've seen the tree that he's talking about. Like, this is a big ass tree. Standing next to this tree is just this giant white figure. And he's just standing there. And my dad says he looks up, and the first thing that comes to his mind is some dude is just, like, screwing with him. Because it's, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, in the middle of nowhere. You know, the nearest house is probably 25, 30 miles away. And he's thinking to himself, this, I don't know, coon hunter, somebody's jacking with me. And so he, you know, hey, get the fuck out of here, or something like that. You know, get out of here, quit messing with us. He said, and it just stands there. And he was like, he's like, what in the world? Like, what is going on? Well, finally, he kind of got really pissed off. And him and his buddy both just, hey, get out of here. Dad says that whatever this thing was literally cleared out the woods. Like, moved so fast that you couldn't even imagine. He said, it just sounded like somebody was ripping tree limbs down, pushing stuff out of the way, breaking stuff, and just cleared out the entire woods. 
You see, he looked at his buddy. His buddy looked at him. They were both like, what? Like, what the hell is this, right? So they sit down. They get out of that pocket because it freaked them out that bad. Well, you know, a couple years later, you guys probably know anybody that listens to me knows I'm kind of into Bigfoot. And so I'm, I'm listening to this podcast, and there is an account from the same year that my dad had his sighting that we'll say of a large grayish humanoid creature with hair all over it in like around the same area that my dad saw this thing that he saw. And it was like near Norris Lake. And so these are two totally like my dad doesn't know this lady. And this lady literally emailed into this like Bigfoot podcast and told the same exact story. My dad told that there was this creature standing in the woods that when she yelled at it, it ran away and it sounded like it was tearing the whole woods down. So I don't know. You tell me. Well, like, Alec, you remember Chris, Chris Sumrall, when you were telling that story and you said there was something weird about Bigfoot and Chris immediately said he was white. Yes. Remember Chris had the same thing. He's yep. when he was younger, they were camping way on the backside of uh, Signal Mountain over there, like Prentice Cooper. It's part of a national forest, big, super rugged, area with all these cliffs and caves and stuff and uh he was over there on the on the edge of it there was a family farm they were camping out over there and he turned you know they had a campfire going he looks um down towards the woods there and he sees something peeking out from behind a tree and he thought it was a horse like the neck and head of a horse like looking at him because there was a farm around there you know he's thinking it looks strange, and then it walks out where they can actually see it. It's the same thing you described. It's just standing there looking at them. They're looking at each other, not knowing what the heck to do. Yep. Yep. It's crazy, dude. I mean, I don't know. It's just weird. I, you know, the story for years, like, I just thought, oh, you know, I, I, I believe that there was a Bigfoot-like creature that lived at one time. I mean, we have, you know, archaeological records that there's something like that that lived in the Pacific Northwest. But, like, I never thought that, like, the story was – I don't know. I believed my dad, but all at the same time, it's like there's a logical explanation mm-hmm. until it's corroborated with this story by this lady that he doesn't know on this Bigfoot podcast. And then Chris starts talking about it. And then I start kind of digging into it. Before and you could even say it. Yes. You know? and, 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 he says it like as you're about to say it. I was like, I got chills. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And it's like the one consistency with like Sasquatch around here or Bigfoot or whatever you want to call it is he's like this grayish white color. Which may I think y'all are getting confused with the Yeti. Yeah, I mean, you know, we might have a well, southern that's, that's, Yeti down here. He's got a rogue like Yeti down there. He's got one rogue Yeti. <laughs> he's, he's retired. He went south. <laughs> he There's no making, bird now. Yeah, he got done making those coolers and headed south, you know. <laughs> but it's like it makes sense because if you look at the woods around here, they're very gray. Like deer around here yeah. are very gray. Like all, you know, squirrels are very gray. And like gray things blend in with the woods around here. So I don't know. Weird story. You know, it's one of those that like, again, my dad is uh, not one to just like make up weird, crazy things. And he doesn't believe in any of that stuff. But that's the one that every time he tells it, honestly, grown man like gets cold chills when he tells the story. Like it freaked him out that bad. Mm. Dude, I I can't say whether or not I believe in it, but I love that Bigfoot TV show. Oh, that sucks. I hate that. Team. <laughs> it, makes, it makes everybody that believes in him look like an idiot. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but like, it was kind of interesting though. Like, what's kind of freaky? Like, you ever been out in like the pitch dark, 
and like it's super like you're talking about that super quiet where nothing's happening and you just start talking and you f- you feel like you're really loud mm-hmm. and it, it almost makes yourself like you're like you make your own hair stand up on the back of your neck just mm-hmm. because it's that quiet that dark I will, not tell natural. You, I will tell you the one of the scariest things that ever happened to me is i was in the woods in the dark after i got done deer hunting and two bobcats started going at it oh dude always let me tell you something i didn't know what it was i'd never heard it before. i <laughs> call my, it. <laughs> i literally called my dad i was like i don't know what's going on <laughs> i'm gonna die out here and he's like what does it sound like like a woman being beat to death. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's just two bobcats going at it. And I mean, dude, like, you know, it's like 50 yards away, and they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's it. Like, all I have is a bow and a knife, and I can't find anybody. <laughs> I'm dead. I can't find What is this one statement? No, man, those bobcats will mess you up, though. Dude, they, oh, they're a little yeah. mean dog dudes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, when them things start screaming, at you, I mean, honestly, if you've never heard one, it literally, it, it sounds like a woman being murdered. Like, yeah, same with like, lines, yeah. it's weird. It's it's creepy being out there and oh. having that happen. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's my story. So that's what I got for you guys. I like it. Sasquatch stories. It had to come up somewhere tonight. Oh, I'm telling you, every single time. If I'm involved, there's a big. I wish I had a Sasquatch story. I haven't seen. Well, Oh, Caleb, see. you've got a crazy story though about the lots. I've got multiple. Yeah, stories. yeah. Let's go. Let's go get first actually, one. I don't know if I've told Alex this one yet, but one of them actually occurred uh, with me and Anthony Mondo. He's a kid from California, and we were out. I took him out on his like first night fishing tournament, and we're fishing. And I start telling, I'm like, "Hey, when we get up to Sixty Bridge, you're gonna start seeing some stuff. Like weird stuff's gonna happen." He's like, "Oh, you're full of it, you know." And so we get up there. We're fishing right below 60. Uh, Alex knows what I'm talking about over A-Slingers, like a grass line right there catching fish. And all of a sudden, this bullet, there's another guy from our tournament, starts running downriver from Hawassi area, doing about 80 mile an hour with his lights on and stuff. And he gets through the bridge, and I'm just not paying attention. All of a sudden, he just, with that uh, you know, built motor, comes off plane, that old two-stroke, so it's so loud, and just completely drops it off plane and stops it. And I turn around, and... About 200 yards, maybe 250 yards across the lake, there's, it looks like one all-around light, like an anchor light sitting over there. But then I get to looking at it, and, it's, and then I'm like, it's a spotlight. It's somebody on the bank with a spotlight shining it out towards that boat, and that's why he stopped. He's trying to figure out why they're shining with light. And he doesn't say anything, and I'm sitting there looking at it, and all of a sudden I realize that it's out, you know, way off the bank, like, 50, 60, 70 yards off the bank on this flat over there. And it's going along and it goes under the water and you could see it glowing under the water. And it goes about 10 feet like that, pops back up, starts going again under the water, comes back up. And Anthony's like, are you seeing this? I'm like, yep. And all of a sudden it starts shooting like back and forth like that and just gone like instant. Out of the air? Yeah, actually, Anthony actually videoed the last part of it, and you can see it, like, go underwater and then act crazy and take off. But it was ridiculous. You have video proof of this? Yeah, yeah, he's got a video. It's hard to see because you're on a phone camera 250 yards across the lake, but you can see this light go crazy, you know. It looks like somebody would have to, like, do it on What's weird is it only happens on that part of the lake. Like, yeah. that whole area... 
that whole area of Bailey that me and you fished during the Hobie, like that's the area of the lake that it always happens. And like Hawassi and all that right there, it is Hawassi's a freaky place. Like dude. you get it's weird, man. There's all kind of weird crap up in there, and I don't that's know my why. Next story, dude, is like because I've seen some weird stuff. It, people that don't understand what Hawassi is, it's a wildlife refuge and it's a bird refuge specifically for migratory birds. But before the lake was flooded, that was the confluence of the Hiawassee River and the old Chickamauga River, right? So you had this delta here with multiple creek channels and stuff that still exist. And so there was a big um, Cherokee Indian settlement right there. And then after they were gone in the Civil War, there was a bunch of, you know, rebels and Union soldiers camped in that area because it's the best spot from, you know, travel perspective and stuff. And so they were sitting there, and it's just, guys go over there, you can find artifacts, like, oh, we've, we found so many arrowheads and spearheads and stuff like that. It's just, a, it's a neat place to go in the day, but let me tell you, you start going over there at night, and it gets weird. And so, that's my next story. So, I'm sitting there, because I'm Caleb C. Basquist, and I'm a dummy. I go out there, it was last March, and I go out night fishing. It's 30 degrees outside. And I'm like, I want to go out here and see if these fish will eat a jig. Because I knew right where a lot of these big fish were sitting. And I was like, I got to try it and just see. Because I've always heard that guys catch real big fish um, in the wintertime at night. So I was going to give it a shot. And so I'm, I'm going out through there and I'm fishing. And I get, Alex knows what I'm talking about. That same bank that you caught that big fish on the Cinco right there. Mm-hmm. It's that little rock bank that leads into Ziegler Slough. And I'm fishing down through there. I've got this big lay down coming up. I'm like, I'm going to catch a big one out of here. If, it, if anywhere, it's going to be there. And all of a sudden, it was just like you were talking about. It, the, the noise in the south at night, it doesn't matter if it's wintertime, summertime. It's deafening. Mm-hmm. There's always something going on. Crickets, frogs, and, and stuff like that. And it goes dead slick calm. And what was crazy is there was literally maybe 30 beavers down this stretch, like a bunch of little beavers and big beavers. And they were making all kinds of racket, aggravating me. And, like, it all went dead at one time, just dead. And all of a sudden, I hear something running through the woods. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And these, like, seven or eight deer bust out of the the big island there. And they hit the water and just – they don't blow or anything. Swim across there and get to that little island. And I'm like, what in the heck? And I turn and look up the hill, and there's a light there. And I'm like, is that a light from somebody's house, like a cross? Because there's no structures on Hawassi Island. But if if you're lined up right and you can see all the way to the other side of Hawassi River, you might see a house light or something. So I see this light. I'm thinking, that's weird. And it starts, it's kind of bobbing going through the woods. And I'm thinking, it, it looks like somebody's got a big flashlight you know, shining it towards you, just directly at you walking through the woods. And I start getting chills going down the back of my neck. I'm like, it just doesn't feel right. And it's not making any noise and it's closing the distance. It's like 60 yards. And those deer just came from there and they made all kinds of racket. This thing's not making a sound. And I'm like, this is getting freaky, you know? It's uh, it just keeps coming. And as it gets closer, I can see, it's a ball. It, you know, they talk about like paranormal activity, like orbs and stuff. It's literally like a ball of light just floating through there. And it's not even close to the ground. I realize as it goes through, it's about 15 feet off the ground working along the ridge and between these trees and limbs and stuff. 
and just goes right on by me and then goes back over the hill and just disappears. And right after that, boom, everything comes back to life. Beavers swimming around everywhere. You know, the woods are making noise again. It was the freakiest thing. Like that, that, that's probably the scariest because I've seen a bunch of crazy stuff like that. I've seen UFOs and weird lights, like what Anthony and I saw, but that was the weirdest, the creepiest one, because just like what happened with your dad, everything went dead still. And that's it. When that happens in the woods, you know, something not natural is about to happen. It's so weird that all, like, I mean, oh, man, I don't, I just, uh, I haven't seen anything paranormal or like stuff like that. But the thing that always gets me on it, on like what I believe in, it's like, all this stuff happens at night. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's so hard to see. And like, it's hard to like, I don't know. Like I just, I struggle with all the things that happen at night versus like, when is this stuff ever seen in the daytime? Like, does it, exactly. is it like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's the part that I like can't wrap my head around. I've always, I've always personally thought that it was just military stuff. Like they're testing for yeah. and stuff. Cause I, you know, for years, you talk to some of the old heads around here that um, fish night tournaments that used to win every night tournament on Watts Bar or Chickamauga, and they all tell the same stories about, you know, fishing over here in the 80s and seeing UFOs at night and silhouettes of uh, what they thought were spacecraft, and it turns out they were those, uh, the fiber, the stealth, uh, stealth jets. Oh, yeah. like, they're, they're like, that's exactly what we were seeing, but it was... 30 years before that we even knew they existed. So I always just assume that it's some kind of weird since we're so close and it just happens here more than I've talked to people all over the country and nobody has stories like that. I think it's just random stuff that we won't know about for 30 years that they're testing. Well, I mean, by the way, we have these, these glowing balls that fly around. Well, listen, yeah. they yeah. turn on that hydron. It's not, I thought it was hydrogen. I was wrong. It's hydron H A D R O N collider in Oak Ridge. So Baxter and Oak Ridge quick. Oak Ridge is where they developed part of the nuclear bomb that they like, it's where they figured out nuclear fission to make the bomb that they dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. A lot of people don't know that Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Anyway, now there's no telling what they do out there. It's probably still weapons manufacturing for the most part, because they have trillions of dollars that go in and out of that place. But anyway, they turned on the Hydron Collider, which is a, some kind of best way I can explain it. They are shooting neutrons at a wall at varying speeds to try to open up a portal to another dimension. Sounds like a great idea. Like that is straight out of Stephen King. If I've ever heard anything, but that's like literally what they're doing. You can literally Google it and they're like, Oh yeah, we're trying to prove the existence of another dimension by shooting neutrons at a, some kind of wall. I'm That's lying. great. Can you do that somewhere else, please? <laughs> no, can you not do that in my backyard, yeah. please? Can we yeah. not rip or a go hole? Go do that in California. Just, like, just get over there. Like, that'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. I've had, I mean, like, during the day, I've never seen anything, but I have been walking through the woods and, like, walked into a place and been like, and turn around and yeah. walk back out of it, especially around here. There's yep. something about, especially in any kind of association with, like, Native Americans. Yep. Any kind of Native American burial ground or any Native yeah. American who like literally be walking through the woods, take a step, and it's like you step into the wrong spot. It feels heavy. It's like yes. the whole air and everything. It's just yeah. it's weird, like an oppressive feeling. No. So, Caleb, did you keep fishing after you saw it? 
Absolutely, but I did move spots. <laughs> I moved closer like, to I'm Nate so I could see some lights from houses. I was like, at least I'm in earshot. If I start screaming bloody murder, I might have a chance, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was that that's the only time I've ever been scared enough to leave. Alex knows, you know, my uh back in the day, you know, fishing with coal and stuff like that. Like I've been out in the summertime. I've been out when two tornadoes have gone through Tennessee Valley. Um, I've been out in lightning is, storms so bad that you can throw a football scary. gig on 25-pound fluorocarbon and line would sink or float off the water in half. And, like, your rod would be vibrating, and, and if you raise it up, it starts sparking and popping. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, me and Caleb have both done some very stupid things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Don't be like us. <laughs> so that's when you see weird stuff is, like, when you're – you know, that – that's the the first and only time that I've gone out that early night fishing, and I was the only boat on the water. And that's when you start seeing weird stuff like that. Seems legit. Wild. Keep casting. I like yeah. that. <laughs> that's exactly right. Just keep on going. I didn't know what to do. That was that was the weirdest one for sure for me. Because I've seen a bunch of probably like visually seen stranger stuff, but that yeah, one is just like the one that sticks with me the most. I, I don't know what I'd do if I experienced something like that. I probably think I'm like with Aaron Rodgers on his mushroom trip or something like that. <laughs> Honestly, you probably be like I am. It's just like you're calm about it and like you know, it is what it is. It's happening right before your eyes. You know, you're That's not what you sit back and you go, Well shit. Hey, that just happened. Right. Ain't nobody <laughs> gonna believe this story. You're like, that's that's exactly right. It's something that just happened, and there's not as much of a stigma around here because anyone who night fishes on Watts Bar Lake or Chickamauga Lake or Loudon Lake has a story about that exact same thing. Yeah. Look, to be fair though, there's a lot of weird things that go down in them Tennessee hills that none of us from anywhere else know about. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's from a national security perspective. That's probably why they do all that testing for other dimensions here because they know if something gets out, you got all these crazy ass rednecks that shoot it down before it could do any damage. (laughs) That right there is why I've got issues with Bigfoot because some crazy hillbilly would have done shot one. I would have shot one if if one was to roll up on me on the woods. I'm going to be like, "Yo, are you a person? You got one chance, bro. You better say something." (laughs) Two seventy to the dome. I started hearing Chewbacca noises, and you're like, "He's down." (laughs) (laughs) You don't know that might be like a Doe and Estrus call. You don't want to do that. (laughs) You know, in in our day and age, though, you'd shoot that Bigfoot, and then there'd be like riots in California. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. California, New York. Person in the suit, you'd be better off than if it was an actual Bigfoot. Yeah, if it went, yeah, we won't get into Imagine the ramifications if you actually killed one. Not just like, okay, you would be, you would be famous, but then, then you go like, you have to totally restructure the way that you think about the woods at that point. Like, you have to totally restructure like everything about everything because it's like, now it's like, oh, these things are actually real. Like, like these are as real as elk and deer. Like we've got to figure this crap out. Like where are more of these? Like you would, it would blow exactly. everything up. Like it would be crazy. That yeah, would be, it'd definitely be a buddy system from now on. Yeah. 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 First ever captured Bigfoot and some redneck blew its head off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, there is no hunting season. You can't get arrested. Yeah. Right. Hey. Like, well, heck, boys, they were real. I got the last one. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It was one of the states. It was either Alaska or Washington. 
that established like a big like if you see one you can't kill it like yeah. they, they actually wrote a legitimate law that was voted yeah. through their state constitution that said like that sounds like washington so i think it was alaska alaska would be free game just kill yeah. it but well no yeah. there's like a it's like i think it's oklahoma or somewhere like that they actually sell bigfoot hunting licenses i love it that's a great idea to raise money for yes, your it is. bunch of idiots or people are like yeah i definitely want to just say i could pull out my wallet and my bigfoot hunting license <laughs> yes. people just want to wave it around at the bar I, I here's the question though if you get one do you do a body mount or a shoulder mount i'm not gonna lie full body full body full body mount. Mount. Head, to toe, yeah. Yeah. head to toe <laughs> full or do you do like a bear skin rug Oh, oh that's no. a good one too. Just, no, no, no. just stack it on like a corner you of a know? wall. So when you walk downstairs and you turn right before you, yeah, I want, I wanted to stare at me when I go around the corner of the house every time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got <laughs> you. All right, boys. <laughs> hey, I'm out. Appreciate Yo. you. I'll see Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Thanks for coming, man. Absolutely. See, see you. you. <laughs> All right, Deacon. You're up, buddy. What have you seen out there in old? Oh, oh, man. Um, I guess I've got, I've got two from a, from a scary perspective. One was weather related. I mean, we've all probably, especially you, you Northern folks have been in some, some crazy rough water. Um, and that, that's, that's common. Like, man, it's, it's hard to like actually sink a boat. Um, that definitely, uh, is always a scary thing to think about, but got to know what you're doing. Um, but I was fishing a college tournament on Rayburn early in the year. And, um, cold as I've ever been, I mean, dude, it gets to negative 30 here, you know? Um, and in, it was like 25 or something degrees in Rayburn humidity, Texas the day before this ter- college tournament in February, a big cold front in early February. And it was blowing and got to the ramp, poured coffee down into the drain plug because the drain plug had ice in it. Couldn't get the drain plug in. Jump on the lake like an idiot. There's like 20 boats sitting there and no one's jumping on. I'm like, well, come on. It's not that bad. Let's, we'll, we'll jump on. No big deal. Dude, I come out of this cove onto the main lake and I do one turn into a wave. And like, it was big on the main. And like, of course, like in the cove, you know, I'm just running. I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's not that bad. And then I just turned and it was like, oh my gosh. And this wave came over, dude, came over the bow. I literally did a 180, turned right back into the cove. Entire front deck froze instantly. Like it was that cold out that like the front deck froze (laughs) from that wave coming in. And I was like, now I see why everyone else uh, didn't put it on. I guess I'm going to go back to the trailer. (laughs) So that was like a... Oh wow! Like this is uh, that like someone could die out here. Like hypothermia is real. Like these, <laughs> this is cold, cold, cold. That's one where you're just like, yeah, I'll I'll take the donation. I'm good. <laughs> I'll choose yeah. life. Exactly. Um, but this one, this one's like crazy, and this this is legit. Um, oh, so I had fished a tournament here in Colorado, and um, it was in the springtime, and I was fishing in a cove and there was a point and a guy another tournament angler around the other side of the cove it's like 5 30 6 o'clock in the morning like we had just taken off and uh we're fishing we've got two goons in the box we're like all right we're doing all right like let's keep this going and i hear like we hear this like bang and then this then like screaming 
And I was like, dude, that, that was a gunshot. 100%. Like that, that was a gunshot. We just heard. And you hear this guy like yelling. I'm like, dude, I think someone just got shot on that hill. Like six in the morning. Like, and, and uh, my tournament partner and I are just like, well, like, okay, like, let's kind of assess the situation. I think like someone maybe had an accident with a gun. Like I'm thinking like, okay, I've seen guys dog train up on that hill. Like maybe someone was training dogs this morning and something happened, but it's the springtime. It's not hunting season. So we beach the boat. We run up the hill and the other, the other team fishing on the other side of the point, we heard them take off on their boat through no wake zone, ripping up. They get it off pad. They they're running up the hill yelling. We run up the hill yelling and, um, a guy had tried to commit suicide on on uh, on the top of this ridge, and uh, and yeah, so um, it w- it was a mess. And um, called nine one one, met ran up to the nearest road. Uh, fire truck met us there. Paramedics walked back in, and they're like, "Man, you know, uh, if uh, if if we have to like as we were walking in here, so when we walked up." the other team had gotten there first and the dude had kicked the pistol out of the guy's hand. Like he was trying to rack another one and, uh, stabilized him. And my other partner stayed with him and I ran up the hill, went to the the fire truck, walked with the paramedics and they're like, Oh man, like we may have to back out of this. Like if, uh, if it's a dangerous situation, like, no, the gun's away from him and there's three people with him. Um, but, they life lighted in there right off of the point and uh like you just was like crazy man i mean like and then it got to me thinking like in those situations you know if if we had heard more gunshots or something it's like i'm i'm not running up that hill like you don't know what's what's going on uh in that situation so it's just uh just be safe out there i guess the biggest piece of advice and um i don't know if i I can seal carry, especially on boats and stuff. Um, you never know what's going to happen, um, out there and like, just, just was wild. I think it was just an early morning thing. Someone wanted to maybe like look over the water. Um, but I, I really do think the guy made it, uh, just based on where the gunshot wound was and stuff, but it was, uh, it was pretty gnarly scene. You don't, you don't expect to see that happen while you're fishing. We ended up, uh, having to fill out police reports and stuff. And then we, uh, we ended up taking third in the tournament, went back to fishing and it was, it was good to go. But I was, I was impressed with how calm that we had stayed. And especially my team partner, like I was like, this dude should be a freaking paramedic. Like he's like, here, let's wrap your face in a towel. Like, let's figure this out. I'm just like, <laughs> wow, this is a real life situation. That's, that's wow. That's nuts. <laughs> I mean, that's the, uh, that's the creepiest thing that I've seen or like, and it's like, it was, uh, yeah, this is that's real. That'll stick with you. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, that's exactly right. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, it's not, that's not fun to see. No, no, that is definitely not fun at all. No, but that's my craziest, scariest story. Yeah. So I'll go next year just for the pure fact. I don't have anything like insane, but if anyone's like me, that they are absolutely petrified of spiders. Uh, this story is for you. Yeah, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Let's go, go ahead. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so living in New York my entire life, we don't exactly, I mean, we have spiders, but like we don't have like your guys' spiders down south in Louisiana, Tennessee type spiders. Yeah. Um, and I go south for the first time 
couple of years back for the uh, first Bassmaster Kayak Championship down in Texas on Possible Kingdom. Yeah. And uh, they didn't have any rules against, like, getting out on the water too early or being on the water too late, as long as within, like, I think it was, like, Monday to Wednesday at some point in time. So I was like, well, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to bust my butt, get up two hours early, get graphing in type stuff because it looked calm. I was going to go. I was trying to fish offshore. So being a dummy, I get up and I get on the water like an hour and a half before sunrise. And these pop-up storms, I've never seen them in Texas. We're not, we don't have these up north. Like if we have storms coming, like you're going to know about it in time. Like, you know, they're coming. Um, usually more because yeah. I have my own meteorologist and Andy and he tells me like weeks before <laughs> they happen. Um, <laughs> but like, like Texas, like they just come out of nowhere. And that's one of the craziest things that I experienced with that. And I'm like in the middle of this lake trying to go across to go where I wanted to go graph. And this thing comes out of nowhere. I'm talking like 50 mile an hour winds. And remember, I'm in a freaking kayak. Yeah. I was going to so, say, that's the so, scary part. Like, yeah. And it's like pitch black. Can't see anything. Um, there's like lightning, thunder. And like that part was that kind of scary. But honestly, I wasn't like too worried because like i was like as long as i can get to the bank i'll be fine i'll just go I, the plan was to go find a dock that i could go under with the kayak and i'll just wait it out like i was dumb i can go you know wait this out type of deal and i get under i made it to the other side i get across this dock and i'm sitting there for a while and i'm just like kind of sitting there on my phone holding on to the dock and <laughs> like i didn't think through my head that docks and i was on i, did, I chose a wooden dock and I'm like the phone light on my, like the light on my phone's glowing. So obviously attracting some bugs and dude, like, like out of the, like the cliche made me freak out almost like the closest I've ever been to like jumping off the kayak. Like the phone light lights up and I just see one coming right down <laughs> my phone in front of me. I freaked. I was so lucky that I, your phone? like I, I threw it. But it, I was so lucky that I went to the, my front deck of my kayak and didn't go overboard. But I, I literally, I wish it was one of those things I had a, a GoPro because it would have been a hilarious clip. But like straight up silhouette, watch it come down like in front of my hat brim and just bugged out. I went and sat there and like, I just didn't even like want to sit next to a dock. I just basically just stay, tried to stay in place against the wind in the kayak for like another 45 minutes. position in the Hobie. Basically, yeah, and I thought I pooped myself. But yeah, that was that was my. I'm petrified of spiders. Like, I'll kill the little ones around here. Like, that's no big deal. Like those big ones down there, man. Like when they're half the size of your hand, hell no. They make a mess when you squish them. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. That's mine. Andy, your last one. Oh man, I don't really have any like crazy light stories or suicide attempts or like mine is all like weather related on Lake Erie. But like one of the creepiest things that I've ever experienced on Lake Erie is Buffalo is a major shipping port. And it was a spring day a couple of years ago. And I'm out there in the middle of the lake, sun's rising, no fog, but it's dead calm. It was supposed to be like 80 degrees that day with no wind. And we got like this such a thick rolling fog that came in that was bright blue, sunny skies, but fog that you couldn't even see like your rod tip in front of you so thick. Yeah. And we have the big shipping freighters coming down the lake just railing on their foghorn signal that you learned about in your captain's yeah, class. Exactly. And you're like, I have no idea how close or far these boats are because we have Buffalo and Port exactly. Colburn, which is like 
20 miles away. So like for five hours straight, you just heard fog horns going off on the lake when you can't see anything or heat. Like all you hear is fog horns, boats running all around and you can't see the rod tip that's seven feet in front of you because the fog is so thick. And I'm like, I'm not running in because I'm going to hit something. So I just wait and you would get, as you would run in, you would get like sun pure clear and you'd be like in between walls of fog so it'd be like bright sunny and all of a sudden you get back in the fog you'd be soaking wet because it was so dense it was like those big clouds just right on top of the water it was absolutely terrifying i think i ran in at like 12 miles an hour because you just couldn't see anything i hate fog dude it's the scariest thing especially when you're 13 miles on yeah well that's the thing is like when it's a 250 boat tournament yeah there's like you know, and you're like, okay, do I slow down or is the guy behind me going to run me over? Like, what do exactly. I do? Like, you I, don't know what to do. It's just like, I just get out of the way. I'm like, I'll find a flat somewhere and guard myself with some shell beds. I'm like, all right, if you want to try to get him over here, you're going to have to run over a one foot shell bed. <laughs> yeah. And that's well, the biggest thing. Like, we're well, like three miles offshore, two and a half, three miles offshore, and 13 miles from port. Like, we are down the lake. Somebody's going to hit us. And you'd hear boats just screaming by. And you're like, please don't hit me please don't hit me yeah dude i mean like I, what i try and do if it's a tournament blast off and it because it seems to always like be a creek or something that's like blowing that fog out and then like yeah. you get through it but what i do is i first of all I slow down but if there's a boat in front of me that's the best situation because i'll just slowly follow that boat through because i'm like well if they're gonna hit something i'm gonna see him hit something yeah. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna turn off <laughs> sorry buddy <laughs> I mean, and, and like obviously graphs and stuff. Not, I'm not saying hit like the bank. I'm saying like another vessel. But like, man, scary stuff for sure. I hate fog. I tell you, uh, one I, of the weird things about fog. I remember uh, one time I put in at uh, he, Bailey's been into Sail Creek. You know, it's got those turns going in and out of. It's got that one big yeah. bay. Well, I put it on the ramp there, and I've been fishing there since I was a kid. Like I know that like the back of my hand, and it was foggy. Yeah. And so I got on my GPS map and I set a course. I'm like, okay, that's the mouth of the little creek channel that leads out of the creek to the main channel. And so I start heading over there. And I think that I am going straight. Like, you know, I'm steering directly on that heading. And all of a sudden I look at the GPS. I'd been going for five minutes or so. So I knew idling, you know, so I thought, well, I've got to be getting pretty close to the the creek channel. I looked down and I had made a huge loop almost all the way back yeah. around to where I'd started. Yeah. And I'm sitting there with the steering wheel. But we learned that in C school, you know how it's like if you got a right uh right-handed prop, how it'll automatically yeah. make the boat steer to one side a little bit, favor one side. Yeah. And so that was what had happened and I just had no idea, but it felt like I was going straight and you just couldn't see any kind yeah. of reference. I'm like, holy crap, I'm about to run back into the boat ramp. <laughs> you get so on? disorientated when it's so foggy like that. You don't know where you are. No. No, we don't exactly have to deal with that, Forrest and I, from a kayak standpoint, besides just not getting hit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, stay close bad. to the bank and you ain't going to worry about nothing now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I would do. If I was in a kayak and it got foggy like that, I'd put my butt on the bank and start just fishing out. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. Like you, as much uh, as many freaking brush piles and stuff as you can just start flipping brush right in front of you well if it's uh if it's hiding behind brush piles 
Apparently, Lake Dardanelle has spiders on every single one, so I'm out on that one. <laughs> Bailey's like, I'll, I'll just choose death out in the middle of the yeah. town. I'll, I'll play <laughs> well, no, the, the first time Bailey went down south, he, he, he calls me. He's like, hey, what do I have to worry about sleeping on the ground down here? Dude, I, I literally didn't. Uh, when I was going down to Ufala, I was t- I was sleeping in a tent. So I literally call Forrest. I call my buddy Zach from the south. I called a few buddies that like live in Louisiana and stuff. And I'm like, look, I'm tenting this one up. What do I need? Because I've never camped down south before. And I, basically, uh, the consensus was that you should be packing, but it's not for any creatures. It's for people. I was like, oh, great. No, you, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, if you get those spiders big enough, you got to pack a little twenty-two pistol with short <laughs> subsonic so you can sit there and shoot the you know three-foot diameter spiders that are trying to get in the tent. Good God. People scare me more than any, like... Yeah. yeah, it'd be in the elk woods here, man, in Colorado. And like, I mean, there's mountain lions and uh, black bears and, and stuff. And it's like, man, if I'm in archery season, I'm I'm carrying a 45, but it's not really for animals, man. It's like, you never know. There's just there's some weird, weird people, people here, man. especially over here in Appalachia, dude. We've got literal yeah, mountain men still running around. Guys, ginseng hunters and stuff like that that will trespass on your property. I had a buddy of mine. He was uh, at a family property last year and out on the ATV just kind of running, checking trail cameras and stuff. And this guy pops out of the wood. You know, he's got his, his little knee pads and his, all his tools for digging ginseng roots. And Brant's like, hey, you know, you got to get off the, the property. It's its own now. It's private property. He's like, I've been hunting ginseng here since I was a kid. And my father before me is like, I'm not going anywhere. And Brant's like, well, I mean, I'll, I'll call the police if I have to. And the guy says, literally sits there and says, or maybe I'll just kill you right now with this shovel. Oh, my God. And Brant reaches around and gets the AR-15, puts it on the front of the ATV, yeah. and he's like, get out of here now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you want to rethink that one? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's, that's how crazy people are. I remember being a kid up on a deer hunting lease and we were at a, a public land hunt on this property up on flat top mountain it's it's super rural out there and this one guy gets drunk at the campfire like he, he shows up and he knows somebody but we don't know who it is and he gets and starts talking and he tells a story about right there about how his dad had shot his brother and he helped his dad bury his brother right here on this side of the property. He showed us where the grave was and stuff. And I was just like, I'm out. Weird stuff, man. What? That's stuff that, like, you, and you know, people just get away with it. His dad was all dead and gone already. He's like this old man. He's just starts telling stories that are on his mind about stuff like that. But that's, that's literally, it's the wild west out here. That's Good crazy. Dude. You're backwoods, Appalachia. Like if you, you go outside the, the wrong city limit somewhere, you never know what and who you're going to come into contact with. Good. Yeah. Tennessee Pass. is kind of like its own country. Like COVID didn't exist. It didn't happen down there. Yeah. It wasn't a thing. Yeah, exactly. I'll just do your. Do it was your a figment of my imagination that I got it three times. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Forrest, what about you? you? Got any of the other wild stories? Eh, not so much like wild, like scary, weird stuff happening. But oh, so my grandpa used to have a seventeen foot express boat, and if you know anything about an express boat, they say they're guaranteed not to sink. Yeah, because they're so foam filled. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I decided to test that theory one day, but not of my own will. <laughs> my own stupid will, maybe. So we was on. So we always fished the Toledo Bend or the Louisiana side of Toledo Bend. Mm-hmm. So it's me, my cousin, a couple of my cousins. There's probably like three or four of us in the boat. And the weather was no bueno. It was probably blowing 20, 25, starting out. And we decided we wanted to go go crappie fishing on the on the Toledo Bend or the, Toledo, the Texas side of the Toledo Bend. And it, the north end of that lake is just loaded with stumps and boat lanes. Mm-hmm. Like you got to know what you're doing out there. So before we left, I you know I put gas in the boat. And we hauled hauled butt across the lake. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. I'm like, all right, we got to go. And all of a sudden, right before I said that, I looked down. I'm like, huh, there's water in here. And I I don't know what had happened, but I got to look and the bilge pump quit working. So the water was coming over kept staying in there. I tried to start the boat. Won't start, won't start, won't start. I go look in the back. I forgot to close the gas cap. So water done filled to come in, come in the fuel tank too. So we're wow. sitting here on the complete other side of this lake and it just rolling. So end up three of us. Uh, it was two of my cousins and my aunt. So we all jump out of the boat just to get weight out of it and let my aunt stay in there to help keep it up. So we're holding on to the boat in these rollers and you know, there's hardly any service on that lake at all. And we end up getting hold of a guy we know, and he comes over and, dude, it was the sketchiest tow back of my life. Because, like, at that point, you know, we, we still pretty much held on to the side of the boat for the whole tow back just to try to keep as much weight out of it as we could. That's insane. Jeez. Like, you literally were getting towed, like, while you're just in the water holding out of the Yeah. Boat. I mean, that's one way to... At uh, night. No, it wasn't at oh. night, thank God. <laughs> that would be way better though. <laughs> yeah, you should have that. <laughs> Just ask levels of fence. And then Billy let go of the boat. We never saw Billy again. <laughs> yeah. Legend has it. He's still holding on to all that timber in the middle of the <laughs> yeah. well, Funny story about holding on to the timber. Oh boy. So we <laughs> So we went fishing with another dude we knew, and this dude he ain't quite right in the head. He's done had a couple car wrecks. He loves his pills and his booze. And we're all out here. We're all drinking too. And we're all, we're running catfish lines, drinking, having a good time. And we're just putt putting through the stumps. My cousin, he's sitting there on the side of the boat and he's just this big, tall, lanky fella. He's sitting there. Ain't none of us got a life jacket on. He just <laughs> leans back right out the boat and falls out. And granted, he can't swim the best either. And he does this on purpose. Well, that's a choice. This, this dude driving the boat just keeps going. <laughs> he said, we, go, we go up around the corner. You know, we're like, all right, this is funny for a second. You know, he's going to think think we're leaving him. It's like, all right, five minutes. Like, hey, you know, maybe we should go get, go back and get him. He cannot swim the best, you know, and he's already pretty cocked. And it's like 10 minutes go by. We're like, all right, we need to go back and get him, dude. Like, like this ain't funny no more let's go and like we finally convinced him to go back and get him it's probably 15 20 minutes at oh this my point gosh and we get back and he is hanging on to a freaking stump out there 
he can't even climb in the boat. We got to drag him in the boat. Oh, my God. So we literally almost drowned my damn cousin. Oh, my gosh. Sheesh. We pulled him back in the boat. We asked him, we're like, you going to fall out the boat again? He's like, frick, no. But he didn't quite use the frick word. He he used a lot more colorful word. I mean, you said that it was his decision. I mean. Yeah, he just decided to fall out the boat. It's like, first of all, do you know the crackhead we're with? (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, you know you can't swim that well. It just sounds like poor life choices at that point. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of those down south. Yeah, it's true. Okay, I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, fun. It's like you get you get around around and south of the Mason Dixon line. There's just you can't explain half the things that go on. Shenanigans is what they are. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Hmm. Whether you survive or die, they're they're still fun shenanigans. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's literally that's the the two choices too. It's like you either made it or you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's like it's you, just you know how you worried about all the critters down there, right, Bailey? Yeah. Well, so on the on them express boats, you got your console, but there's like a space about that big under the console. Sitting here driving with a hot foot, oh, I feel no. something. I'm like, what was that? I look down, I just see a snake crawl across my foot. Woo! And if yep. you're down south and you see a snake, it's jump first, ask questions later. Yeah. Well, the boat's going this way. I'm going up. Oh, like So I jump straight up and land in the back of the boat because I just seen a snake crawl across my foot. <laughs> so I literally almost jumped out the boat because it kept going forward and I was going backwards. Oh, my God. Was it a copperhead? No. Don't, no. It, I thought it was a water mox. It turns out it's just a banded water snake. Yeah. But I didn't know that by just a quick glance. I was just yeah. like... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> banded water snake kind of looks like uh oh it does like, unless you're paying or, attention. Uh, copperhead or even a timber rattlesnake because it all has all the same colors just different patterns so if it's zipping around and you don't really get to oh see yeah it, and then you know finally i'm like all right i look down there so all right it's just a banded water snake reached down to grab him tossed him out the boat but man you talk about a heart attack yeah i bet yeah good grief Mm-hmm. I had a funny thing happen to me one time. I, I went to my grandfather's house. I was a kid, and he had a couple of these like little uh, V-hole aluminum boats, like two 12-footers sitting there. Mm-hmm. He had like a six or nine-horsepower Johnson that, that had with him. So that was like my bass boat when I was a kid, right, like 11, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. So I'd show up at his house, and i kick over the boat put the trolling motor battery in it, put the gas tank, the outboard and stuff, and start kicking out through there. And I'm sitting there, and I kind of, you know how you just get, like, a feeling, like there's something mm-hmm. off about what's going on. I look down, and there's, like, two mice sitting right next to my foot. Hmm. I'm going, what in the heck? And I get to, you know, I stop and start fishing. They, they take off, and they start coming out. of There was, like, a nest of field mice that had gotten – um, underneath the, the the console parts of the boat, you know, it's got those seats that have foam in it. They had eaten out the old styrofoam in there and had made them a nest over the winter. And so I had a whole posse of mice that hung out with me fishing that day. Nice. So I just kind of sat in the corner, and I sat in my corner and caught fish, and we just <laughs> agreed to agree. But it was the most bizarre thing looking down and like having two mice sitting next to your foot in this whole boat. 
You guys do you, I'll do me. <laughs> like, hey, man, you got any cheese? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a crazy story. I just remembered. I was fishing Cuca Lake probably eight or nine years ago. I was going where my buddy had his hole. Right by the mouth, there's like a little hole in the center. They made it, and a freaking chipmunk came running out while we we're on pad, literally in the chest. And we stopped, and the chipmunk ran around the boat twice and jumped in the water. Like, just <laughs> side in the middle of the lake. It was, just, it was just like, he's like, I can't believe there's a chipmunk in here. <laughs> Have you seen that video of who was it this year on uh, MLF, the Pro Circuit? Um, what's his name? He won like two. Um, good gosh, but it basically, he was in this. I think it was St. Lawrence River. There was like a chipmunk floating in the river, and he saved it with his like in the middle of the river. I think I that. Seen that. Like it, what is his name? I can't, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. No, he, I remember that video though. Like, they revived a little chipmunk that's trying to yeah. swim out there. That was kind of funny. He let him just chill in his boat for a while. I'm trying yeah. to remember. His, I can't believe I'm forgetting David, uh, not David. What's his first? Lebrun. His last name's Lebrun. I can't Nick. remember. Nick. Nick Lebrun. Yeah. Good God, I feel like an idiot for forgetting his name. But that video was hilarious. He's like, "What the heck is that?" And he turns around in the middle of St. Lawrence River and scoops his chipmunk that's like trying to swim with his net. I got one more story I'll give you, and then I'm gonna pop off of here. Um, just a crazy thing that happened on the water, not necessarily spooky or anything, but. My dad and I, we have this uh, section of bank that we fish. We call it smallmouth spots. Just uh, limestone. It's got caves and stuff in it. and Just a bluff wall, basically. And we're working around. There's one slough right there that's got kind of a, a graded, you know, a easy grade coming down to it right there. And we're fishing our way into it. And all of a sudden, I start hearing all this commotion in the... Uh, in the woods and i'm like man it sounds like something's running you know and it, i see a deer sprint through and i thought i saw another deer with it like they were running from something and then they come back again boom you know kind of through where you can barely see in this little thicket and i'm like what is that because i knew i could tell there's a deer but i couldn't tell what the other thing was and about that time this uh little fawn explodes out of the uh like privet and stuff that's right there and hits the water and starts swimming towards our boat and I'm kind of behind this brush pile that we're getting ready to go into this slough, so this deer can't really see me. And then right behind it, a big coyote comes running out of the woods and jumps in the water and swimming after it. And so I was like, oh, heck no. I got my trolling motor. I cranked it on five, and I start zipping over there. They're going away at an angle, so this dude doesn't see me coming. And he gets all the way to that fawn and grabs it by the head and turns around right as I'm swinging down with the paddle. And I literally just... <laughs> Hit that thing yes. so hard with the flat edge of the paddle in the back of the neck, it just poof, sinks. And oh, I scooted awesome. the trolling motor around and pushed the fawn back over there. Dude, that is badass. <laughs> but the look on his face, I'll never forget. He was just like, wow, I've really messed up here. Dude, that's like some wily coyote and a roadrunner kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to hang with him, That's for sure. That's all. I mean, dude, if we want to talk. Hunting stories and in the woods. I mean, we could do a whole nother show oh, on that. Yeah. Dude, I can just picture this coyote turn around and eyes bugging out. Yeah, that's what he's like. The look oh. on his face. He still got that fawn, the back of the fawn's head, like in his mouth. He just grabs it and then he looks over at me, and I'm coming already down. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gone. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was already way too late. He had already. 
He's like, I accept this fate. (laughs) At that point, you might as well cue Kansas, dust in the wind. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was fantastic. That was my dad and I will never forget that one. That was just kind of a funny one. And the the guy later that day is sign imaging that bank. You go, what in the world is that? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> see it on the live scope it's like suspended in the water oh gosh that's incredible mm. well boys i'd say we uh we we call it a night right here that but that's like this was a... me. i'm gonna go hang out with the wifey here heck yeah buddy um where can people find you should they just follow you on social media to uh know yeah about just uh, you can look me up bass quest um on youtube bass quest on facebook bass quest on uh instagram it's pretty pretty easy yeah all i'm gonna say is make sure you type the d in there you're going somewhere else caleb you got some great seo coming your way <laughs> right right well heck yeah well for for rudd uh caleb and i guess we'll put four social media down there in the show description so all you guys can go check them out all along <laughs> highly encourage you to and especially if you're going to want a guide trip down there towards in the tennessee right. area caleb's your man so well boys appreciate you guys joining we're going to close it out adam andy and i are going to close it out here but uh, appreciate you both joining in for the show really good stories we'll talk to you both soon appreciate you guys have a good night well fellas that was fun i know i i I like these not so serious shows every now and then for a little bit of a refresher i'm with you dude we should we should do like some sort of funny one, yeah. Because like I felt like it was we had some funny stories, and I was like, all right, my story is a little too serious maybe for this, but it was yeah. a scary situation. Yeah, no, it, it fit. I mean, it's like that's just like a whole different level of like, oh shit, than yeah, a lot of other people. Whew. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this calls for like almost every holiday we kind of have a little celebration. I mean, the folks like it, so why Heck not? Yeah. I think we should keep it keep it rolling, but. Uh, couple things glue fast for folks before we go into next week uh deacon you have a cool episode coming up for monday you want to tell the folks real fast yeah guys uh really excited um we've got pete glusak from uh from the bass university on business from the bass boat talking about how he started that company and everything he's got going so um some wild stories of starting that thing and uh, i just i just love that stuff i eat that entrepreneur stuff up and he's through and through a, a fisherman and an entrepreneur so it's a it's a fun conversation heck yeah uh and coming for friday uh we have drew gregory coming up on a serious angler talking about his little debacle with the Bassmaster kayak series where he well, you won the, the last event of Pickwick, earned his Angler of the Year, was protested, disqualified, appealed, and now won. So he gained it all back. So we talk about that whole thing and how that oh, all went. Oh, yeah. Dude, so, I didn't know that happened. I knew there was like, I had seen and just heard uh, some like drama things, but wow. Good for yeah. him for, for, you know, getting It's some back. wild stuff. It, it's, it's actually pretty eye opening. And really, what we talked about is it's good for the sport that now this can all create better rules because it was really what the problem was. It's a gray area and a rule. So that's what it's all kind of about. And we'll break it down in that episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and then you guys are stuck with Andy next week because I'm headed down Hobie tournament of champions. So I will be tuned Bless out for the week. Stuck. Bless and- Andy. 
know if I can go that far. Let's let's hope I continue to stay COVID free here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. Stay so alive. We'll yeah, people Try. are definitely excited. They're like, "Thank God, he's leaving again. He's off for another <laughs> show." <laughs> well, Bailey, you're going to compete in the championship, man. Go go yeah. kill it, dude. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. But uh, any any other notes for the folks? Anything else we need to cover? Oh, I think. Oh, one last thing is we have four bonus shows coming from our X2 Power content trip uh, down in Alabama. So you guys will look out for that. Um, if you follow us on social, you'll know when they are, or you'll just you'll see it come up as a new bonus show. So, boys, without further ado, I think we uh, call it a night here. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Well, folks, we'll see y'all on Friday. <laughs> Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.